Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, friend. Welcome back to the club. So happy to spend this time with you today. I was um I was sitting in church the other day, and we somebody brought up something about denominations, and so I was like, gosh, you know, there's just so many denominations within the Christian church. And then the way that my brain works, immediately I thought, and there are so many diets. <laughs> My brain is crazy. Um, But I was like, wow, that's kind of an interesting connection to make. There are so many diets, just like there are so many denominations. And, um, you know, everybody thinks theirs is the right one. Isn't that true? Um, In Christianity, you know, we have so many different denominations because historically people couldn't agree on um, specific or certain beliefs or practices and So even though we are all believers and followers of Jesus Christ, we have different interpretations and practices and styles of worship, and that's okay. But if you think about it, Jesus called all of us, all believers across all denominations, to do two things. One, love God with all of our heart, and two, love our neighbors as ourselves. So regardless of how we stand, sit, sing, dance, dress, pray, these two anchors of our faith are the same for all of us. Love God and love people. Now, it's not much different, you know, when it comes to food. So even though there's a $72 billion diet and weight loss industry, you know, with the latest and greatest trend around every corner, we can really boil it down to two things. And these two things come from Genesis. Eat plants, Genesis 1.29. Eat meat, Genesis 9.3. Now, as you move on a little bit in the Old Testament, you know, we get a whole lot of eyeball crossing detail, like make your eyes cross detail (laughs) in Leviticus about food rules for the Jewish people. Um, Between Leviticus and Numbers, I threw in the towel the first time I tried to read the Bible straight through. I was like, oh my gosh, my eyes are crossing and all this detail. But all these years later, of course, I find it really fascinating. Um, You know, we have to remember that at, at that time, God was just really building his culture uh, for his people, which included understanding food sacrifice and food safety and cleanliness and um, just keeping them safe and healthy. Um, Now, as we know, Jewish people follow only the Old Testament. So their food rules stop right there, right? Uh, But in the New Testament, things lighten up a little bit for us as Christians. Um, You know, I would say that there is a little, I don't want to say controversy, maybe 
there's not a, just an exact consensus about how Christians, you know, what, how Christians, if they should be following Jewish dietary law or, you know, how much of it, how, whatever, you know, how much we should be following of it. Um, there's not an exact consensus out there. And you can ask one person and it'll, they'll tell you something totally different than another person, you know, scholars, teachers, um, health professionals. But what we can look at um, in Mark 7, 18 and 19, Jesus says, are you so dull? And another translation says, don't you understand? He asked, don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then it comes out of the body. Okay, so what Jesus is saying is like, listen, it's not the food that is makes somebody unclean. You know, it, that's not what goes into their heart. You know, food just goes in and then goes right out. So, you know, basically he's declaring foods clean. Um, and many believe that, that lifting, lifting that the Jewish dietary restrictions, you know, off of us as Christians. But, you know, more than anything, what Jesus wanted was like, man, stop focusing so much on the legalities around food. Start focusing on me, you know, start focusing on your mind and your heart and what you're putting in it. You know, in other words, stop obsessing over the bread and start obsessing over the bread of life. Now that said, we are more mired in our own muck of dietary laws and rules and confusion than ever. In modern times, we see food rules, you know, I say that with quotes around it, food rules, most hotly contested between plant versus meat eaters you know, um, plant foods versus animal foods. But what's so interesting, I want to be like, y'all, hey, everybody out there, God gave us both, okay? Now, we have the luxury of labeling ourselves anything we want because we have grocery stores. But historically, nature was the grocery store. You know, they did not have the luxury of calling themselves um, you know, what we can call ourselves today, vegan or vegetarian or paleo or keto or carnivore, plant-based or meat-based. It was like, take a look outside, honey, there's dinner. <laughs> if, you know, if you ever need some perspective, go camping for a few days and pretend you can only eat what you find in nature. I do that a lot when I'm at the ranch. I'll just kind of be out in the pasture and I'm like, wow you know always think about the american indians who lived there so long ago and like what what did they eat if it was right now at this time what would they be eating right now you know it's just really gives you good perspective and will make you drop your food label like a hot cake that's for sure i think that what we can all agree on um, is that the standard american diet the sad uh, you know of processed food um, and fast food and all these convenience foods, packaged foods, is not good for any of us. You know, I think we can also agree that the best thing for our bodies is real food the way God made it. Just like, you know, Jesus got down to the core of Christianity. Like, love God, love people. Our eating core is real food the way God made it in both the plant and animal kingdoms. Now, generally speaking, I think most people do well with a diet of both plant and animal foods, maybe in different ratios, but each kingdom of foods has something just so wonderful to offer the body. You know, they're varied 
vitamins and minerals um, that come with um, the different plant and animal foods. The key is um, really just kind of figuring out the balance that works best for your body, regardless of some self-prescribed label. Because listen, your food label may not always jive with what your body needs. I see this a lot and it makes me cringe. Like it makes me cringe when I, when I see somebody, you know, like a car, the carnivore people or somebody that's carnivore or going carnivore, maybe I've worked with before and I, you know, I know they don't have sufficient stomach acid to support digesting that meat. Or, you know, I worry when keto people, you know, without a gallbladder, don't understand how compromised bile flow impacts the fat, you know, the way their body can break down fats and you're eating all fat. I mean, it's kind of important to understand that, you know, I get exasperated when, you know, vegetarians are like losing their energy and their hair and they don't understand the efficient assimilation of certain vitamins and minerals. Now, are there times when there, you know, extremes like being a vegan or being a carnivore are necessary? Sure. Are there times when restricted diets are necessary? Yes. This is what we call nutritional therapy. That is what I am trained to do. I am a nutritional therapy practitioner. And the right diet for the right body at the right time can be very helpful as a therapeutic option. But y'all, the extremes are not meant to be the mainstream because it's in these extremes where people get all crazy, right? I mean, people will let their food labels, their, you know, self-prescribed um, food identity um, just kind of make them crazy. It reminds me of like all the, um, all of the political drama out there, <laughs> you know, but it's, you know, when people in these extremes, they get real crazy about food rules. And it reminds me of the Pharisees, you know, they get all legalistic, you know, remember the Pharisees or the high priests in the Bible. And, um, you know, they often put the rules over what was actually good for the people. And a lot of people do that with their diet labels, you know? So, I mean, don't get so legalistic in your food denomination that you fail to recognize whether it's actually working for you. Um, you know, and this is true in our religious denomination as well. If your current church or worship style is not nourishing you spiritually, it may be time to try something different. You know, sometimes we got to switch it up. Just like the needs of our body can change, so can the needs of our minds and our hearts. You know, um, and on this note, I'd add that many people just kind of follow the diet and the denomination on which they were raised. You know, they still follow how their parents ate and how their parents worshiped and they, and they never change. I'll tell you kind of, um, you know, interesting the way that I grew up in my denomination, um, so my dad is Catholic and my mom was raised Baptist. And so they, my mom's like, I am not converting, you know, to Catholicism. So they went to church separately. My brother and I mostly went to church with my mom. We went to the Baptist church when I was young. I was baptized in the Baptist church. I got dunked. Um, and, but sometimes, you know, I would go with my dad to the Catholic church, you know, and I liked both to me. I was like, you know, I thought it was interesting. When I was a little bit older, um, we, my mom, she 
became Methodist. And so we went to the Methodist church. Okay. And so that's where I kind of remained, um, until I met Brian and, um, my mom had this advice for me, you know, when we got engaged, she said, Chelsea, just be the same thing as your husband. Y'all be the same thing. That's the most important thing. Be the same thing. And, um, and so I, you know, Brian's Episcopalian. So I was like, all right, I'm Episcopalian, <laughs> you know, and that was fine. Actually in the Episcopal church, it's really, I kind of call it Catholic light. You know, it's, it's very similar to the Catholic um, style of worship and such. And so I've been exposed to several denominations. I've enjoyed them all. It never really mattered to me because I, you know, I've always just seen it as, Hey, we're all Christians, you know, we're all Christians here. Um, but, um, but I would, I would offer that advice to you to be the same. You know, I think it is an important for families to go to church together. And so that's what we do. And it really helps that my church is literally, I could throw a rock at it. it it's like across the street from my house. I swear God plopped me here on purpose. Um, so anyway, we walk to the Episcopal church every Sunday, just right across the street. It's really nice. Um, but anyway, you know, when you are evaluating, you know, your denomination, just make sure it's you know, still serving you and still nourishing you spiritually. Um, it, you know, may or may not be what you need in your life right now. Um, but the best way to know what's right for you, um, you know, is to, for diet and denomination is to check in with your body on diet and to check in with God, you know, on denomination. Um, you know, when it comes to the diet thing, you know, you can pick your diet, you can say you're anything you want, but if it's not working for your body, then, you know, get over your mind hump of your label <laughs> and do what works for your body. You know, the symptoms that you express in your body, you know, headaches, joint pain, digestive issues, sleep issues, skin problems, symptoms and signs that those are the way that your body speaks to you. Okay. Your body, that's the way your body talks to you and tell you something isn't right. Okay. And so you really need to listen up. And so if the way that you're eating is not working for you, it's time for a change, you know, but I know that when you are really got your heels dug deep in your diet or your denomination, it's really easy to get stuck or complacent or maybe kind of even feel trapped in what you've always done or, um, you know, or the people, the people around you that you've done it with. Right. So it's kind of funny. Like I said, I live, I live in a very small town and I tell you, if you try to change your denomination over here, it's going to be like front page news in the newspaper. You know, I, I, I know there are people, um, that would be interested in, you know, trying you know, doing a little trying out of different churches around town. It's really hard to do in a small town because, you know, you walk in the church, everybody's got their pew, you know, their regular pew they sit at. And, um, you know, if somebody comes in from a different church, you know, that you know they go to a different church, you're like, oh, it's like scandalous, you know. <laughs> That's kind of one bad thing about a small town. Um, but, oh, gosh, I would encourage you to, you know, not let that prevent you, you know, in that way, um, for getting what you need spiritually and dietarily, don't let that, you know, anything like that, what the people around you might be thinking or saying, um, 
if you've always been a vegetarian, you're ready to eat some meat, you know, but you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, all of my vegetarian friends are going to think I've gone crazy. You got to do what's best for your body because nobody is going to know what's working best for you except you. And finally, to, you know, speak all to all of this, you know, no matter what dietary lifestyle you lead, show some grace and understanding for those who may be doing the absolute, absolute opposite of what you're doing. I mean, like I said, I feel like diet dogma is as bad as politics. And, you know, we have no idea what health challenges people may be going through and what may be necessitating a certain diet, you know? So mind your own business. Or like I've said before, I did a sermon on the couch called M-Y-O-P, mind your own plate. You worry about what the food you got on your plate and you let your neighbor worry about the food she's got on her plate. Um, um, <laughs> okay, okay. I think there's this, um, in Acts, there's kind of an interesting exchange between God and Peter that kind of reminds me of this and speaks to it. Um, so Peter has this vision. He is he's hungry, he is in prayer, and there's some people that are, um, you know, preparing a meal somewhere. So he's off praying and, um, while he's hungry, (laughs) and, but he has this vision, okay? So he has this vision of all of these animals, like, descending from heaven, and he hears a voice, and it says, rise, Peter, kill and eat, But Peter says, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. So what's happening here is like all these, he's in this vision, he's seeing all of these animals come down and a lot of them are not clean, quote unquote, clean, according to Jewish dietary law. But he's hearing the Lord say, kill and eat them. And he's like, no way, Jose. Uh Uh-uh, I don't do that. I don't eat these unclean animals. Um, But the voice comes to him a second time. And says, what God has made clean, do not call common. So, and it happens in the Bible, it says it happened three times. You know, like Peter is like, no way, Jose. And, um, and it's just, yes, you know, this, this is what I'm telling you to do. So this was really puzzling to Peter. He's like, what, you know, he's trying to figure out what God is trying to, you know, tell him about meat. He's trying to understand this. And in the meantime, he is called to the house of Cornelius, okay, um, who is a, I believe is a Roman soldier. Y'all, the details of that, um, I think that's right. I think he was a Roman soldier, um, but he was a Gentile. That's the, that's the most important thing. He was a Gentile. He was not Jewish, okay, um, but he believed he believed in Jesus, and um, he wanted to be a follower. And so what Peter came to understand was that that vision was not exactly about unclean meat. It was about, quote-unquote, unclean people. This was a real turning point because until this time, the disciples were really directing the message of Jesus to fellow Jews. Um, You know, people outside of the Jewish religion and culture were considered unclean, you know. Um, So just because the Gentiles were not following Jewish ways, um, including dietary habits, God was telling Peter that Jesus is for everybody, you know. Jesus is for everybody. 
as Christians, um, we are known, we are to be known for our love and not for our rules is basically, you know, what it boils down to. And so I think that, you know, we can take away from this as we wind down here, you know, grace does not come to us um, by eating one way or another. You know, a person who eats all vegetables is not holier than a person who eats all meat um, and vice versa, vice versa for sure. Um, you know, in Romans fourteen seventeen, it says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So let's not find our identity in diet or denomination, or I'll just go ahead and throw politics in here as well. <laughs> um, you know, as Christians, our identity is in Christ. No matter what we eat, no matter how we worship. So love God, love people, and eat real food the way God made it. All right, my friends, I hope you have a healthy and blessed week, and I will talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.